I'm joined now by RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford. Tēnā Giles. The retail sector is looking at a not-so-bright future. Kira to you, Charlotte. Yes, latest report from Retail NZ shows mounting economic pressures is forcing retailers to weigh up their future, with a majority of firms missing their sales targets. The latest report on the sector says more than a third of retailers aren't confident they can survive the next 12 months. It says 59% of retailers didn't meet their sales targets over the June quarter. That compares with 44 who missed their target in the March quarter. Retail NZ's chief executive, Greg Harford, says the sector is feeling the effect of high inflation and high interest rates. First, consumers just aren't out spending, and when they are, they're reprioritising their spend on things like food and petrol and uh, paying the mortgage, so they've got less disposable income in their pockets. At the same time, the cost of doing business is increasing substantially. There's big uh, costs coming through from suppliers, which ultimately have to be passed on to consumers. Uh, Cost of insurance is going up. Cost of employing people is going up. So there's a whole lot of um, cost increases that are coming at a time when consumers just are not out spending. Greg Harford says the outlook isn't much better, with half of all retailers expecting to miss targets again in the third quarter. It is really concerning that the retail sector is feeling gloomy about the prospects for the next three to six months. Um, you know, I think we're not out of the woods economically. Um, although we may have reached peak interest rates, the impacts of that have yet to flow through fully into household budgets. So there's still going to be a bit of tightening of consumer spending over the next quarter. Greg Harford says uh, clothing retailers and durable goods sellers are the ones feeling the pinch the most. Campaigners for mandatory business reporting of gender pay gaps are increasingly frustrated at lack of government action. The Mind the Gap group says it's 40 weeks since the 50th anniversary of equal pay and when the government uh, government then indicated support and promised action. A report last year estimated Māori and Pacifica women were as much as half a million dollars worse off over their working lives because of gender pay gaps. The campaign co-founder Delwyn Stewart says nothing's happened and the longer it takes, the wider the pay gaps will get. You can't fix what you can't see, so that measurement uh, is very important as a foundational step. Are you pinning your hopes too much on the government and the need for legislation and mandatory reporting? What's uh, the effort going into making private sector companies disclose it voluntarily? Uh, We're continuing to work with the private sector, but we are hearing from them that they would like to see an agreed national measure uh, that is consistent. So they want to have apples with apples. And the way to get that is through the government. Uh, legislating a framework for the country so we're all reporting the same thing. This is not Greenfield's policy. So this, this policy work has been done in over 30 countries around the world and it's not new to New Zealand because the public service have implemented it. So this shouldn't take 40 weeks uh, to develop and put in place. Delwyn Stewart wants to see a commitment and draft legislation established before the end of the current parliamentary term, before the election. High shipping costs, delays and supply chain disruptions that afflicted New Zealand traders through the pandemic have largely gone. But we're still paying slightly higher costs and into the bargain finding fewer ships are calling and their owners are chasing bigger cargoes and profits. ANZ senior agri-economist Susan Kilsby explains. 
there's been stronger demand and better profits for some of these shipping companies to be running, you know, more ships um, on other routes. So that's that's had a, had an impact. And we've seen a gradual trend for quite some time towards larger ships, um, which are more efficient to run. Um, that does limit, you know, which ports they can come to in New Zealand. Uh, that's uh, Susan Kilsby from ANZ. Well, barely 24 hours into the clash between Twitter and the new media platform Threads, which is part of the Meta Empire, and they're already being reported as reaching for their lawyers. Meta boss and founder of Facebook Mark Zuckerberg reported 30 million people signed up for Threads in its first day. But US media are reporting a lawyer representing Twitter has sent a letter to Zuckerberg accusing the company of stealing trade secrets by hiring former Twitter employees. Well, venture capital investor Roger McNamee put money into Facebook early on, but he believes it'll be difficult for Meta to dislodge Twitter despite its recent problems. I think it's going to be harder to kill than it looks. And the reason for that is that so many people have built huge audiences there and are going to find it difficult to build a new audience of comparable size that has the same value on threads, just as they found it hard to do it on Mastodon and Post and uh, Blue Sky. I just think that people are going to stick around on Twitter. They may not use it as much, and it's clearly not going to be as great a platform. I mean, for breaking news, I think it's already failed catastrophically. But I do think that people will stay on the platform because they have such a huge investment in it. I think it's harder to kill these things now than it was back when Facebook was starting up. And responding to Twitter's legal threat, Meta says no one in the Threads engineering team is a former Twitter employee. The oil producing members of OPEC met earlier this week to discuss how to sustain and even boost prices. The biggest producer, Saudi Arabia, said it would extend its production cut of one million barrels a day, with Russia saying it would follow suit. But for all their efforts, global prices have remained below 80 US dollars a barrel for more than two months. And that's been an important factor to help lower inflation in many countries. The energy director at advisory firm Frost and Sullivan, Jonathan Robinson, outlines what's going on. There's a few specific reasons for that. Um, Chinese demand, industrial um, output and increasing US production. That that decline in economic activity that we are starting to see uh, means that we are we are seeing industrial consumers consuming a little bit less oil. Um, things are less buoyant, so uh, therefore demand is lower and the market's concerned over um, uh, demand weaknesses. That's Frost and Sullivan Energy Director Jonathan Robinson. Well, just gone 21 minutes past 12. You're listening to Business on Midday Report. Time to catch up on the markets. Joined by Ben Petro of Jardin Securities. Kira to you, Ben. Hello, Giles. Well, we've had a really good run on the local market on the past couple of weeks, but I noticed that it was all red this morning. Yes, we've given up quite a lot this morning um, in, in line with the offshore. We've currently got the uh, NZX50 down uh, 1% or 117 points. Uh, the Aussie is also weak. It's down 1.7%, trading at uh, 7,040. No particular big moves there, or is it just across the board for all leading stocks? Uh, it is varied. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, the worst performers uh, present, uh, we've got Precinct down 3%, uh, $1.26. A2 Milk is down 2.5% at $5.34. 
Fletcher Building down 14 cents at uh, $5.33. On the other side of the ledger, we have Heartland Group. It's up uh, nearly 3% at $1.81. Uh, we have the Warehouse up uh, 1.6% at $1.89. And, and across the uh, across the ditch, uh, we've got zero. It's down uh, two and a quarter percent at uh, just under $115. Wes Farm is down 2.3% at $47.38. BHP are down 2% at uh, just above $43. Right, you've given us a comprehensive report there. How's the currency looking? Uh, Currency is is slightly weaker against the US, uh, currently trading at uh, 0.6157. A little bit stronger against the Aussie dollar, uh, just under 93 cents at uh, spot 9298. Against the uh, the yen, currently buying 88 spot 55 yen. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. Uh, we've got the New Zealand 10-year bond is up 10 basis points, currently trading at the yield of 4.81%. Uh, the 90-day bank bill is unchanged at a yield of 5.7. Brent oil, uh, $76.49 a, uh, a barrel. It's Brent oil. And gold is currently trading at uh, 100, oh, sorry, 1,911 US dollars an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Ben Petro from Jardin Securities. He mentioned their precinct properties as a notable faller on the local exchange. That may be tied to the report this morning from them, saying that the value of their portfolio has fallen about $250 million as rising interest rates have pressured returns and values. The company's portfolio now values around $3.2 billion, or that will be confirmed in the annual result at the end of August. Auckland Holdings down 8.6% and just over 5% in Wellington. Chief Executive Scott Pritchard says there's been solid demand for its properties and the overall premium-grade real estate market with strong rental growth. And some musical chairs in the clothing retail sector. Helen Stein Glasson has a new group chief executive. He's Chris Kinraid, and he's joining them from the outdoor goods and clothing firm KMD Brand, where he's currently, but not for much longer, the group chief financial officer. News and numbers updated for you at around half past five in Checkpoint, but for another week, Charlotte, that's business, Kia ora.